You're not tough. <laughs> You're not tough at all. That's the thing is we hide from everything, but then when we're inside and I'm on the couch, she's ready to go. She's ready to fight somebody. Hello. Welcome to episode two of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast. Um, I'm Rose. And I'm Linda. A uh, little side note, that was Violet, the uh, quote-unquote mascot. Mascot. <laughs> yeah. Um, she only yells or barks at people when she's in the comfort of my own house <laughs> and has no way of actually reaching them or being attacked by anybody. <laughs> um, so that's why I was just yelling at her a little bit. It's a little <laughs> annoying when, yeah, when the quietest dog in the world starts barking at everybody. Only when, like, no one can actually get to her. Yeah. I get frustrated with it. I mean, this is the dog who's afraid to go outside, like I said last podcast, so, yeah. Super cute, though. Yeah. Uh, so, Linda, how's it going? Um, it is going good. We just got done with Christmas a couple oh, days yeah, ago. Yeah. My sister and her husband were in town, and it was awesome to see them. So, yeah, I had a good time. What about you? And what are we going to talk about today? Oh, um, I had a good time, too. I did an escape room with my family. Uh, we got out, but we had to do the chicken dance to get three more minutes, and then we escaped <laughs> with fifteen minutes or fifteen seconds to spare. So nicely done. Yeah, my family's still together after all of that. Wow, we, we fought it's a, a big lot. Deal. So yeah. <laughs> um, but today's episode, the more important thing, um, we're going to be talking about like differences in personalities and how to treat and interact with the people who might be different than you, and also just how like. You know, within the same field, uh, everyone's going to have their own way of going about something. Something mm-hmm. that works best for me might be different than what works best for Linda mm-hmm. and then our clients as well. Each person's different. So yeah. everyone has different needs. Yeah. And I think it's been like, I guess like the, the stereotypical example of people being different is like people having type A, type B personalities. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think that's been interesting for me. And I think for you, we've talked about this before, Definitely like in our own program and in our own interactions with people. Like, I think I've realized, um, that I'm definitely, I mean, I know I'm a type A person. What? Shocker. I know, but it's been interesting. Cause I think like before, um, I had really like worked together with people who were also type A or were type B. Like I don't think I realized that literally it's not because people are like procrastinating or, you know, don't yeah, work hard or yeah. something. It's literally they just work differently than I right. do. And I think that's been uh, kind of a really valuable lesson that I've learned along with that. Yeah. When do you feel like you've learned it the most? Um, I think like in, well, in group projects, like in group settings where... College? Yeah, I think okay. so. Like, I <laughs> I actually remember this one project we were working on. Us? Yeah. Okay. Us okay. and a couple other people. Oh, no. And <laughs> I texted y'all. I had, like, found out something from oh. <laughs> one of the one of the people who was, like, running the project that we needed to get something done a different right. way or something. And I texted y'all. I was like, guys, please respond soon. Like, we have to fix this or something like that. And everyone, like... I think that's the cool thing about recognizing that some people are type A, some people mm-hmm. are type B, is because y'all just kind of laughed it off and were like, okay, Linda, like, yeah, whatever, yeah. we'll do it. But, like, <laughs> if y'all didn't know that about me and, like, accept that about me, right. y'all would have been like, dude, shut up. Like, like who cares? calm down. Yeah. You and- need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> T-swizzle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I think it helps kind of understanding where people are coming from and then you can better, you can better work with them and give them what they need and make sure that they get what they need out yeah. of a working style. I actually remember that. What project <laughs> was that, though? 
Uh, I don't remember. Was that like community or something? Maybe so, community nutrition. I, I feel like a certain person who's not in the semester, or not here anymore, uh-huh. one of our really good friends was in that group. Maybe not, though. Oh, one of our, like, more type B friends? Yeah. 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 And she was, I just remember, like, because we all laughed so yeah. hard about it. <laughs> they were like, guys, remember that one time Linda texted yeah. us and was like, respond right now. I think she put all caps, too. I did. So I saw that, and I was like, all right, like, it was important. I have to respond right now. It was important. It was, it was important. <laughs> so to be fair on that, I think I'm pretty type B, but... Maybe more type A, B. I think, like, yeah. there's definitely instances. I think when I was, like, a college athlete and just, like, an athlete in general, that's mm-hmm. where, like, my type A really came in. I was going to say that, yeah, that environment yeah. kind of, to some extent, like, you have to be a little You have little to. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you want to, I don't know, because for me, as I was like, oh, if I'm not putting in 110%, like, I'm not going to yeah. be successful, then I'm going to have myself to blame. That's this whole other thing, probably, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, whole other topic. Yeah, yeah. I think even last year, I was definitely a little more type A coming Mm -hmm. back to school, you know? I was like, I'll have to be perfect. I have to get into my program. Mm -hmm. Now that I feel like I can relax a bit, like, I definitely, I feel like I have more of a type B personality. But maybe it's just us two, like, next to each other. Yeah. and I different. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like it's, like, stages of life and, like, just Mm -hmm. different situations. Because, like, believe it or not, like... I have become a little bit more relaxed in some scenarios. I can vouch for her. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Like, I think it's who you're around, um, stage of life, like the situations that you're in, and so like I think the more that, the more that you're you yourself are aware of like how you mm-hmm. operate best, and the the more people that you surround yourself with that like allow you to be yourself, right. the better the better you can, like, maximize your potential in work, in life, in sport, in whatever. Right. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to kind of know what you, how you like to work. Right. And that you have people around you that let you do that. And with that, with that just being, like, um, I guess aware of what other people are like, too. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if I wasn't aware that Linda, like, had that type of personality, like, I could unintentionally become her worst partner ever (laughs) and not even know about it um but now that I know that like I don't know it helps you kind of be a little more in tune with the other person and also like I don't know take care of like what they need in a way too Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna be just a little bit more cognizant of like okay like I do need to like consider Linda and I when we're going about this project yeah like the podcast yeah like okay, Linda, like, I don't need to text my whole group, like, the day the project is assigned to, like, make sure we start on it that, you know, like, it's, like, it's, like, those things about, okay, I'm super type A. Right. And I recognize it about myself, and not everyone is like that, so I'm gonna, like, chill out a little bit Mm -hmm. and get what I need, but also make sure that, like, people are, people get their needs met, too. Right, yeah, because, like, I mean, definitely if someone's, like, hey, Rose, like, get this done, like, I'm obviously like I get my stuff done. Oh, I'm yeah. not the type of person that's like gonna forget to really do something and to like wait till the very last minute. But mm-hmm. I do like to take my time more. Yeah. Um, because also I'm like all about vibes and I have to be <laughs> in the right mindset, which you can vouch for. We yeah. kind of tried to record this episode a little bit ago and like I just was not in the mental space to do it. Yeah. So, but now today I feel like I've come forth and I'm actually focused. Vibing. We're vibing. So like, <laughs> but like Linda knows that about me too, mm-hmm. and so like. I don't know. I think it's just, but that's like kind of everything too, is just being aware aware of like what we need. Mm-hmm. Make sure like our needs are getting met and also make sure that we're doing the best to like meet other people's needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think where that becomes tricky is like when you're working maybe with people 
that you're not like best friends with right. or that you don't encounter like on a day-to-day basis like or for large example, groups of people yeah or large groups of people where there's like 20 different sets of needs met and like how do you do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um like for example like when we are going to be working soon for like our preceptors yeah. like we don't totally know them and like hopefully we'll make good relationships with them like along the way but you know how do we get our needs met while still like trying to figure out okay how they operate and things right. like that and what if they say something that we don't agree with like how do we go about right like acknowledging that or you know it's like it's kind of an interesting dilemma I think it could be right it's kind of a weird dynamic because like you know you've been we've been told a lot like this is the time where you're forming your own opinions where you're learning things like this is your moment to really like come together and blossom blossom like a a rose (laughs) and like I mean that's what we're doing with this podcast too like we're talking we like want to talk about stuff so that we can form our own opinions and help y'all like form your own opinions and it's going to be hard when we're walking into someone else's office someone else's arena Mm -hmm. and like we kind of have to do things the way that they want it to be done yeah like yeah like to give a little background so basically we're going to start our rotations for our dietetic internship and, for example, like, we'll go into a hospital um, in our clinical rotations and we'll have, like, a preceptor who's, like, another... Our babysitter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a dietitian <laughs> that, like, basically um, gives us patience and, like, coaches us kind of essentially, right? right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, we're under them. Like, they're technically for those eight weeks, like, our boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, like, have some say in, like, we get to write notes for different patients and, like, how we would treat them. And so they right. check over them. With that, though, yeah, they can edit that and their name is going on that at the right. end of the day. And, and ours our name, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we've heard our professor had told us of an example where there was a student who um, was really into the Hayes mindset and things like that and had a preceptor. She wrote a note for a client on how – a patient on how she would treat them. And the preceptor didn't agree with it and wrote something else in. And the student didn't agree with it at all and didn't right. want her name on that. And so it's like, how do you go about, okay, this person has a different style or a different belief than you do. Right. How do you go about um, kind of butting up against your preceptor right. a little bit in a respectful way, obviously, right? Um, when they have a different thought than you do? Right. And so I think that that's where, I guess, like the biggest difference is like when it comes down to personality, mm-hmm. um, I think there's like moments where, I mean, so we've had a couple preceptors at this fall semester. And uh, there is one that I know for a fact, like, we would not work well together in the real world. Um, She was just very type A. um, And there were some things that, like, had happened that I was like, oh, my gosh. But, like, Mm -hmm. I sucked it up and I did it because, like, you know, it was her personality. It was her work. And Mm -hmm. we were helping her out. So I knew, like, in that sense, I had to, like, kind of do it the way she wanted it to be and then just, like, let that be that. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to, like, I guess, like, What's the right word for that? Beliefs or when something values. is like, yeah, beliefs, values, when something is like ethical or unethical mm-hmm. and like could harm somebody. In that case, I feel like it's very different. Yeah. And like for me, I think one of the big things that I'm going to try to really do my best on, especially when we begin and get our first preceptors, is like establish a really good working relationship because yeah. I feel like, like going back to how we were saying, if you have really good friends, it makes it a little bit easier yeah, for them yeah. to acknowledge, like, okay, she's type A, like, this is just how she operates, instead of being like, whoa, dude, slow your roll, like, right. chill out. <laughs> so I think for me, it's pro- it's going to be a big deal, very important to me to establish a relationship so I feel comfortable 
right. speaking my own opinion. And right. they know that it's coming from a place of, hey, this is what I think. What do you think about it? Instead of like, hey, this is what I think. I think you're wrong. Right. So right. That, like, I think the relationship there is super important. Right. It's all about how you go about things. Yeah. I kind of do that with like work now mm-hmm. and even like other like smaller opportunities, even with professors sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I like to observe people at first. Like, I want to kind of see like what how they act, yeah. who they vibe the best with, yeah. and kind of, like, tailor myself to that a little bit when mm-hmm. I'm interacting with that person. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, like, like with different personalities, like we're talking about today, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is that just because I like my personality or I like someone else, my friend's personality, it doesn't mean Mine. that... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean that, like that like other people's personalities are wrong if I don't get along with them as well. And so I think one of the biggest things is like being open to other people's personalities Mm -hmm. and like, and being able to have those conversations, even if they're hard conversations with other people. And like, so you guys can probably tell like Rose and I are pretty similar. (laughs) Yes. But like in terms of how we would like go about treating a client, like we had a debate. (laughs) We had a, we had a theme. Yeah. Yeah. It was like during the semester. Here, yeah, tell us about you, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this was a little while ago. Um, so we kind of like had come up with this uh, scenario. Yeah. I think on based on things like we might have heard from other dietitians in their yes. practice yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. that has like happened. Right. Um, but so I'll explain the scenario. Like we were, t- I think we were told about this. Mm-hmm. In a eating disorder treatment center, there was a therapist and a process group with a couple of individuals. Mm-hmm. And this one person was expressing how, you know, he had come in because he was purging. He had bulimia. Mm -hmm. Um, He was also restricting a lot. Um, And so when he was in treatment, throughout treatment, obviously, you know, he was eating more. He wasn't able to use his behavior. So the purging had stopped, I think, almost completely. And, you know, he had gained weight because that's kind of what happens when you go from not eating, not keeping anything in your body. Like, his body was restoring to, like, what it needed to be. Yeah, weight restoration. Yeah, weight restoration. Mm -hmm. He was becoming healthier again. Um, But he had expressed in that process group, like, um, no, like, I think when I get out of here, I still want to restrict because I'm not comfortable in my body. And I think I came in here just for the purging and that's under control. So I'm going to keep restricting. Yeah. And, you know, the th- and I think another person in the group was kind of like, yeah, I'm not comfortable with my body. I don't intend on staying at this weight that y'all put me at. And, like, aside from everything else, science, whatever, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, the therapist was like, okay, well, if y'all are going to keep having this type of outlook, this type of attitude, like, apparently she was like, I'm going to see you in, like, six months. I'm going to see you in six months. Like, basically saying, if you keep doing this, you're not going to get better. In fact, like, you're going to come back to treatment. Yeah, you're going to, we'll release you and then you'll relapse, basically. Yeah, that's what she was saying. Basically, like, you are going to relapse. If you stay in this mindset kind of thing. Yeah, if yeah. you are still so weight-focused mm-hmm. and intend to go out of here using eating disorder behaviors, maybe the ones, maybe different ones than you thought were a problem when you came in here. Yeah. Like, maybe they seem less severe because I, side note, I do know a lot of people believe like purging and mm. stuff like that is very severe it's because mm-hmm. it's very like physical and stuff and yeah. restricting is not as bad in their minds even though they're both awful yeah um so yeah so basically like you know linda and i were talking about it and when i said that i had heard that this therapist had said like i'll see you in x amount of months like mm-hmm. linda's response was <laughs> i didn't like that <laughs> i wasn't a fan and i was like oh that man i would hate if someone was like i'll see you in six months because to me it felt like 
it felt like the therapist like didn't have my back or didn't like didn't believe in those people to like um make it quote unquote and so I was like oh that doesn't sit well with me like I don't think I would do that and then I was like, what do you, What did you think about that, Rose? And then Rose... So my response was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Like, I think that that's a good way to go mm-hmm. um, because you're kind of like telling them, like in that way, you're telling them straight up, like, hey, if you do not get in some sense your shit together with this mm-hmm. and, and, and go out there with the intent, like with the purpose of doing behaviors that you know are not right. Like if you're already leaving treatment... Yeah. Knowing that you're about to go do more eating disorder behaviors, like not like it naturally just like happened after, mm-hmm. like relapses happen and that's totally fine. Like that's part of the process. But if you're like leaving, like essentially your mind never healed. Basically, like yeah, like cool, y'all kind of fix me. Like yeah. I, I'm fine. Like I'm gonna go out and like stop eating. Yeah. Again, like I like that she said that. Yeah, and it was interesting because okay, so it was quite a long conversation. I feel like when it was we a were... very long conversation. Yeah, cause... and other people were watching. <laughs> That's when my friends were there too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I remember thinking during the middle of it, I was like, huh, like. I kind of, like, I get why that's, like, cool, and I kind of like it, because it's, like, she's, like, lighting a fire under their butt kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, trying to get them to, like, snap out of it and realize, like, hey, like, you can do this. Like, if you don't, you're going to be right back. Like, I get, I get it, and I like that to an extent, because, like, I kind of, like, for me personally, and this is why it's interesting for me, this whole situation, for me personally, I like, like, blunt, right. like, yeah, you're telling Con- me that. Yeah, earlier. constructive yeah. criticism. Like, I need people to like not sugarcoat anything and just like tell me how it is. And I've kind of like changed in that way. I've slowly become a person that likes blunt, harsh sort of <laughs> criticism right. in a way. Um, but like, it's weird because I like that, but I don't. I don't know if that's my personality to like dish out right. necessarily, right. or to like help people try to treat clients with, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so it really made me think in terms of like, okay, like the whole personality thing, right? Like I'm someone who likes that. Right. But am I a future dietitian who is going to dish that out? Or like how would I like to practice? Yeah. And I don't know. That like really made me think about in terms of like my own personality versus like how other clients and like get feedback from Mm -hmm. dietitians. And it's interesting. Yeah. So let me ask you though, like put mm-hmm. yourself in that chair. Like yeah. say like you were the you were the patient right now. Like you were, you know, in a treatment center. Yeah. Like about I think, to leave and you were told that. How would you how would you feel? How would I that think, make you feel? I think half of me would be like, I hate you. Like why right. do you, like don't say that to me. Like that's and half of me would be like, Oh wow, like yeah, I get it. Like right. she's probably like she's probably right. But I don't know that that would like make me any more likely to like change the way I think and so I think for me like I think we oh I think we talked about this when we were like I think for me I would continue to ask uh, I go back to the asking questions thing like I think I would ask like okay well what do you think is going to happen if you continue to do those behaviors like yeah but if you were the client if you're the patient Oh, like like how would you how would you leave that <laughs> session? That's what I'm trying. I think trying I'd to feel see. pissed off. Okay, pissed off in a way like oh, I'm gonna show you I'm actually not gonna come back and sit in this chair, or pissed off in the way of like you don't know anything. I'm gonna do what I want to do, and you're. I wrong. think I'd feel. I think I would depend on if I liked her or not or him. Right, right. <laughs> and and I think fair. if I I think if I respected them, 
I think it would be different than right. if I didn't. I think if I respected them, I would feel a little bit, I would feel like curious about, right. oh, like I would think about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, overall, I think I would feel less than thrilled about that comment. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. What and, do you think? You know, I'm, I'm How trying would you to think. Feel? Like if I was in that chair, I think like my personality, like, so my personality, like, I really like, the obviously, the upfront, like, bold, like, tell me how it is. Like, do yeah. not sugarcoat stuff because I effing hate this. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. Yeah, you already said so, SHIT. I did, I. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. We can put that little well, explicit. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't really know the rules, though. So. I, we don't know the rules yet. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah, we got um, it. Yeah, and so, like, because, like, I think back to, like, boxing, like, my coach was very, like, she was intense. Yeah. And, like, there were times, I'm not even going to lie to you, like, I cried. But mm-hmm. also, like, I'm getting punched in the face, so it makes sense. It's warranted. And she's she's very intense. Yeah. But I like that. I would rather have someone be like, oh, this this is going to happen to you. But, like, my personality, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that would make me break down a little bit mm-hmm. and just be like, well, now I'm never going to be okay. But, like, if I was that patient, I'm never going to get better, blah, 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 and just mm-hmm. send me down into a spiral. Or if that would make me kind of be like, eh, fuck you, I'm going to go, like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go and prove you wrong. Right. Or, yeah. or like, the third option is that could be, like, eh, F you. Like, I'm st- I don't know why I said F and then fuck earlier. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing this and you're going to see, like, that you're not right. Yeah. Um, but personally, like, as a dietitian, or, in, like, I mean, granted, that person was a therapist, but dietitian in this type of environment, I feel like... They could make a similar... You have a similar type of... Like, light the fire under your butt kind of comment. Right. I mean, you... And essentially, you're the food therapist. Yeah. Um. So I think, like... I think I would do a similar thing because mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. I like mm-hmm. to be, like... The second... Honestly, I guess in other situations, the second I get challenged, I'm actually, like, no, I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. And in the sense of, like... I want, I want to be right. And then it, it yeah. also just makes me think, like, oh, am I willing to lose X, Y, and Z if I continue to do this? Like, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that whole conversation kind of, like, sparked the idea for this podcast in general. Because yeah. it, it made – I think it made us realize, like, oh, wow, we have different opinions on how we would treat people. And then we, we had this conversation about, like, how we would feel as a client. Right. Like, clients have different perceptions on, like, right. how they would like to be treated or – you know, like counseled or whatever. And they respond to different things. And just because we practice in a certain way or we Mm -hmm. think this is the best way to practice doesn't mean that clients are going to respond to that. Right. And so it made me think, oh my gosh, well, if I think this is the best way to practice, like, should I always be practicing that way? Or no, probably not. I should probably be like reading my clients and figuring out what, what makes them, what helps them best. Right. And how to tailor, how to still be my authentic self. Right. How to still treat people in a way that feels like it's me. Right. But help people in a way that helps them if they're... Right. No matter what their personality is, I guess. Right. So, like, just, like, I... I have gone to therapy before. You uh-huh. know, like, I, th- I think everybody should... I'm, like, that I person that everyone could benefit from therapy. Yeah. And I respond very well to the people who are just, like, no, this is, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. basically the ones who are going to challenge me. Right. And, like, I agree with you. Like, mm-hmm. me sitting in that chair with my therapist might be different than if you were sitting in that chair with my therapist. Uh-huh. Like, I, I do think you and I are very similar, but we respond in different ways. Yeah. And, like, so even, like, having therapy for of myself for, mm-hmm. like, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like, I think that that will definitely help me as oh, yeah. a dietitian, you know? Totally. Because, like, 
yeah and I've like obviously I've tried out different therapists and mm-hmm. I have responded very well to some of them or like one in particular the one that I see mm-hmm. and like obviously have not responded well to others yeah and so like I, I think like a really good therapist or very good dietitian is going to be the one who can read their client, get to know their client, mm-hmm. and then like tailor their practice to what that person needs yeah. while not compromising like their own beliefs. Oh, well said, Rose. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, because it's like, I'm, I am harsher. Again, I don't know if that's going to be how I practice or not. Like, uh-huh. and I like that in like, care providers like I like when they're like this yeah however like when I'm sitting in the chair I'm gonna be like the person in charge like I don't know if that's how I'll act but I would like to think that I would yeah I also really want to study my clients and maybe not become like my full self like in terms of like who I am as a practitioner Mm -hmm. until I really know them Mm -hmm. because yeah like maybe one person is like needs to be kind of like coddled a little bit and like led a little bit and just like treated in a much like mild manner. Right. Whereas another person is going to respond to being like, no, this is like, you know, just like a harsher tone. This is what you're doing. This is what you need to do better. Like those sorts of things. Yeah. Like maybe someone like needs to hear that. And even like, it's still, it's still like, like I said in the past, like the, the client or the patient is the driver of the car, Uh you know, and like we can direct them, but also it's like, how are you going to deliver that message? Right. Like the little like exit sign, like, oh, like maybe if you exit here, that would be great. Like that could get you (laughs) to where you need to go. But like, you know, like I can help you Uh or like, hey, this is the exit. Like take this exit like in five minutes or else you're like not going to be okay. We should start counting all of your analogies. (laughs) I think that was at least number four. That might have been number four. It related to number one. I know. I I caught that. I caught that. If you're a loyal listener. If you're a loyal listener (laughs) to our two episodes. (laughs) You totally get that one. So should we talk about some examples? Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I was actually right before I decided to drive over to Linda's house, Uh which is, I think, going to be the official recording studio because we don't have a dog barking at random people. Although Violet will make a guest appearance sometimes. She will make a guest appearance. Don't worry, guys. She, yeah. You're you're right. You're right. Her (laughs) eyes got called beautiful the other day. Did they? Yeah. She got a picture taken over at the vet. So. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Tell me that. She's. She's a hottie, so she's got. Her eyes are like triple the size of normal dog eyes. That's why I'm surprised. (laughs) Linda, maybe you can post her on your Instagram. All right, I'll do it. On your story or something, or I can if you follow me. But let's do it. um, But yeah, before on my way, before I. Decide, like was coming over here I was like ooh like what if I make up scenarios and then we have to talk about them <laughs> and talk about how we treat them which is kind of what we did uh, with this like one like debate thing that we had that yeah. like sparked this whole thing but, and then um, I got nervous because I always have to think through things and Rose is about <laughs> to put me on the spot but it is good to know because like I think when you're like meeting with a patient or a client like yeah. you don't I mean we will be put on the spot a yeah, little bit yeah even if you've like worked with them for like maybe like over a year like you mm-hmm. never know really like when you sit down like what's gonna yeah like you could walk into a consultation and think you're gonna talk about one thing and you right like, never even mention that <laughs> yeah so like I kind of like doing this stuff because like personally I haven't even thought about my answer to these questions yet yeah. so we'll see what comes up it's then. good to be raw and it's perfectly real. imperfect <laughs> yeah so <laughs> oh man with that um so I wrote them down so I'm gonna ask and then Linda and I both I guess are gonna answer yeah I think that it. that would be good okay, okay so the first one is you have an eating disorder client that insists that they do not need to see a therapist, but you feel uncomfortable with this because, you know, in like in the general type of things, an eating disorder client tends to have a therapist, a dietitian, a doctor on board, yeah. and maybe a psychiatrist if mm-hmm. they need one. Um, so what would you do? Basically, you're the only person, you're the only like 
like member of that team, mm -hmm. the treatment team that this person has. You go first this time. Ooh. This one was hard. When you read this one, I was like, yeah. oh, shoot. Because it's, yeah, I'll, I'll just let you go. So <laughs> I, I in, in a way, like, so we are like the food therapist almost in a way. Uh -huh. um, I have no real way of knowing if that person needs to see a therapist. Uh -huh. Like I have no way of diagnosing them with any type of mental illness or trauma or anything. I can only assume that most people who are going through an eating disorder do need a therapist. Yeah, because I was going to say technically it, an eating disorder is a, you know, like it's a, disease. It's it's a psychological, you know. Right, but also we don't have the ability right, to right, diagnose right, them right, right. with yeah, like yeah, yeah. anorexia, bulimia, stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I would continue to see the client because I do feel like if they are in my hands, like they, at least I can help them the way that I can and kind of keep an eye over them. But yeah. I would like continuously in our sessions, like try to be like, hey, have you thought about um, seeing a therapist? Or if they kind of like derail the conversation to something mm -hmm. that might not be in my jurisdiction, be like, I know you don't really want to see a therapist, but I think like that would be something good to talk to them about just mm -hmm. because I'm not equipped to help you with this. Mm -hmm. Now a doctor on board, like, if this person was not medically unstable at the moment, like, mm -hmm. I think we could be like, that wouldn't be, like, the biggest concern, but I would really also be pushing for a doctor as well. Yeah. Because, like, again, I am not able to tell someone, like, oh, yeah, you're orthostatic or something like that. Yeah. I just know that their weight's dropping or like, right. whatever. And so I – but, like, so they need I – I personally think, like, if someone is going through an eating disorder and going through recovery and treatment, like, they do need – every aspect of the team on board there's a reason that you have a team mm -hmm. a team dynamic especially in treatment mm -hmm. like there's multiple people and also i would maybe say it to them like for me like i need someone to talk about stuff with mm -hmm. like on their team as well because yeah. i'm only going to get one side of them i also like i don't know like i feel better just in general when i talk about other people about things like school related mm -hmm. even like this like talking about seeing hearing like what linda's about to say yeah so like I I would I would tell them kind of stress a little bit like that I would feel more comfortable treating you if you had someone else on board. Yeah, I think I like that. I think um, it's tricky, right? Because like of course they're probably like it sounds like they probably this person doesn't want to see a therapist. Right. And so and there's a lot of whatever stigmatization around seeing a therapist mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So I think that's hard. Um, I think the tricky part or the hardest part is helping them to realize that it would be helpful. Right. Because I think until that person realizes that it could or might be helpful, right. it's not going to happen. <clears throat> and so I think that is the part that somehow I would try to like get to because I can say it a million times where I'm like, I think it'd be helpful, I think it'd be helpful, I think it'd be helpful. But until, that, until they can a little bit see it themselves right. – my just like thinking the way I think is like I just I just don't see it happening right or if they do go it's going to be like not helpful anyways because they're you know like they might just like go for the formality of it because right. someone else said they needed to so like I think there's I think there's two things I think there's does this person go to the therapist or not and does this person if they go is it actually going to be helpful and right. so I think for me I would not only try to help them go mm -hmm. but also help them to realize that this could be helpful right because I think there's a difference in going to a therapist and sitting there for an hour right. and like saying a couple things and like not really internalizing any of it and going there and actually like working through thoughts feelings and getting something right. out of it so in terms of how I would do that 
it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like to get them to like come to the it's like changing thoughts in their yeah. mind. Like it's a behavior change. It's a behavior change. Yeah, it's essentially behavior change to like get them to recognize that like Yes, I do have some things that I think I should work through and it might be helpful to see a therapist for them. Right. And that's a big shift in a thought. So, what? Well, I also think, too, like, I think just getting... Personally, I think just getting them in that chair, even if they don't think that they need to be there, is very important. And that's true because, like, that... That's also part of the therapist's job to, like, help them get there. Right. And just, like, you know, having, like, that routine appointment to go to, like... I mean, oh, they can true. leave if they want, but eventually, like, if they're sitting there long enough, I think they are going to talk. Yeah. Especially if, like, you're there, they feel comfortable with you, so they're bringing stuff up to you, and you keep saying, like, oh, like, your therapist might be able to help you out with that. And just, like, play, like, be honest. Like, even if you think you could help them with that, yeah. like, oh, I don't, I don't think I have the ability to help you with that. Just yeah. to, like, not play dumb, but, like, make them know, like, I can't, like, I don't know but how to But there's someone that can. Yeah, but there's someone who can. This yeah. person that you're seeing can actually help you. Eventually, yeah, if, like, I you like say that. it enough, like, like sometimes it's, like, not about getting them to, like, recognize, like, sometimes it is good, like, you need to get them to recognize that there's an issue or that they need to do something, like, mm-hmm. that there's usefulness in it. I think with certain situations, sometimes it's just getting them to go sit at the start line. Yeah. Like, you know, like, they don't even have to do anything about it. Like, they can just be yeah, there. It's like still, that. like, a step forward. I think that's, like, my, uh... Like, when I start thinking, I have, like, this big idea, like, these grand ideas about, like, I want to help them do everything. Right. And, and sometimes it is just, like, getting them to go. Yeah. And, like, oh, I really like that because it's just, like, like small steps. And even if I don't, like, change everything in terms of, like, getting them to realize, that, okay, I want them to realize that it's helpful and I want them to go and I want them to feel good about it. Like, yeah. I want all of that for them. But, like, I I might not be able to do that. Right. And so, like, if I can just get them in the chair, I really like the way you said that, right. then maybe someone else can, like, help them get along the way. And it's, like, it's like the team effort. Right. And it's not, only, it's not only a team effort for, like, the client who's getting help from different angles. Right. It's, like, the practitioner's also, like, helping each other yeah. paint that picture for the client in terms of here's why it's helpful and, like, getting them in the chair right kind of thing yeah like if you get them to go see a therapist it's also it's like not only on the therapist to get them to accept yeah um therapy it's also like you can still have a big part in like helping them come to that and then again like you're not alone anymore like Mm -hmm. there is someone else on the team that you can like discuss with yeah because like when they like many times when a person goes to treatment for an eating disorder they do not want to be there right but they still made it through the doors yeah. whether like they were dragged there by their family if mm-hmm. they're an adolescent or even an adult mm-hmm. or if they like kind of had like an inkling like yeah I need to go but are still not on board with it it's mm-hmm. still like going through and getting there is what's important mm-hmm. yeah I really like what you said that yeah so should I go to the next one sure all right so let's do it <laughs> You're, you realize that your client really needs help. So, again, this is an eating disorder uh, client. Okay. But shoots down all of your suggestions. What would you do? And I'm going to make a note. Like, this person is not medically unstable. This person is medically stable for now. You're just, like, trying to suggest, like, oh, like, what if you, like, did a food log or, like, you know, like, to help, like, recovery record. Not, like, track your stuff, but, like, recovery record. Or what if you – what would it be like to go buy this at the grocery store instead of, like, this health – like, what – I have my answer. All right. Oh, that was fast. Yeah. Linda, looked, Linda gave me a look that was like, already know. So it was a up. light bulb moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, we learned this in school. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Uh, I don't know. We practiced. Motivational interviewing. Mm. Ooh. Okay. 
<laughs> um, I'm still lost about where Linda's going. I have an idea, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. So my idea is like, okay, so the example you gave was like me asking a client, like, what if you did this? What if you did this? What if you did uh, this? Yes. We're so like, same. yeah. So like my thing is like, I need to... I need to ask them questions in order mm-hmm. to get them to do what they feel comfortable doing right. and like to for them to come to the realization okay right now at this stage I can do this and it may not be where I want them to end up right but like it that's most likely isn't it most be. most likely isn't yeah. but that's what they can do right now right and so we're gonna start there and then they'll do that for however long they feel like they feel you know until they feel good about it mm-hmm. and then we'll keep working through things working through things like that and then eventually, I'll ask, you know, semi-same questions and say, okay, how do you feel? Like, what do you feel now? Like, how do you feel about trying this? Or, and if they're still not there, what do you think you can, like, not, I wouldn't ask them, what do you think you can do now? But, like, I would lead them to maybe the next step. And instead of saying, I can do this, now they're saying, I can do this other thing that two weeks ago they wouldn't have been able to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think for me it'd be, Less about saying, hey, do you think you can do X? And more about what do you think you can do? Right. And leading them to the leading them to the answer that feels good to them. Right. Well, I think the caveat is, is that sometimes when you try to lead people to the answer that feels good to them, they, they can stick with something that's like safe and it right. doesn't actually feel like they're doing anything. Yeah. And so I think the tricky part is to is to make sure that they're making progress in a way that they feel safe and challenged. Right. Um, but that also they're not, like, cheating the system, right? Because right, if right. I'm asking them, like, you know, like, how do you, you know, what do you think you can do? Or, you know, right. questions that amount to that. Um, I don't want them to feel like, oh, I can just, like, play this girl and, you know, not, not yeah. make any progress, which I don't think, I think I would, you know, yeah. be able to recognize that, right? Yeah. Well, but. that's that's where your, like, own personality and how you practice as a, like, a dietitian comes in. Yeah. Like, I, I ob- like, obviously it's going to be pretty, like, clear when a patient or a client is kind of just, like, system. <laughs> playing it easy. Yeah. yeah. And, like, so maybe they need that for a little bit. Maybe uh-huh. they need to feel very safe. Like, and, like almost like they okay. can trust you to, like, trust them a little bit. Or maybe, maybe they're just not in the place to make things harder on themselves. Uh-huh. Maybe they, like... I don't know, they're finally sitting with you. So maybe, like, doing something very, very easy. Like, right. I always, like, have laughed about it when I've heard people saying this, but, like, plating their food, and then if they want to throw it away, throw it away. Uh. Like, maybe they're not actually eating, but they're, like, putting their food on a plate. Yeah. Like, as, I, I don't know, like, that just sounds like, oh, my God, like, why? Like, why would but, you let someone do but that? But maybe, like, that's good enough for them. Like, some people would roll their eyes at that. Well, then that goes back to, like, like, to us, that seems great, or, you know, like, a little bit, like, why would we let a client do that? Right, right. But to them, that might be really hard and, like, a really big step. So that goes back to, to like, it's not really, like, a personality thing, but it is, like, a recognition thing on our part where we have to be, like, that's really hard for them, and we have to make sure that they know that we're proud of them if that's all they can do right now. Right. If that's really challenging, then that's all they can do. Right. And, I mean, even if it's, like, not challenging them anymore, but mm-hmm. they, like kind of talk to you like it like pretend it is and stuff like a like you might be able to recognize that like I think it's very good to be very intuitive yeah but also like kind of like check in with them after a little bit and be like oh like so do you feel like this is still helping you Mm -hmm. or maybe like you know the whole point of seeing like a 
dietitian when you have an eating disorder is to get better or at least have some accountability. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're going to get frustrated with the fact like maybe bring it up. Be like, oh, yeah, you've been planning it. I'm very proud of you. Uh, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Because chances are like they're physically and mentally not going to be feeling like a ton better because they're still not eating. Yeah. So like plating the food only does a little bit. It's not going to do it all. So you would just hope that like them like the negative reinforcement or the positive reinforcement of feeling like shit mm-hmm. is going to keep them to to want to change Mm -hmm. because I think like again like they have like in this case this person is not medically unstable so you can they have more jurisdiction over how they want to handle their treatment yeah um but yeah I agree too like sorry let them let them take the lead but also like make sure that it is like what they're doing is okay with you Mm -hmm. and also going in a positive direction yeah but they I mean yeah I don't know I think I think we kind of that was kind of a similar thing yeah yeah that's kind of one that like if you understand motivational and inter- interviewing and stuff, like, that's going to be pretty obvious. Like, you probably – you can suggest things to a client at first, especially if they seem very unresponsive and quiet. Uh-huh. Like, if they're going to be kind of sitting there very shell-shocked the whole time or very resistant, like an adolescent might be. Yeah. Then, like, you know, suggesting things might be the way to go. Um, if you realize, like, you know, that's not working, then be like, okay, like, I don't know what to do for you. Like, what what would you – what is there any ideas you have? Like, mm-hmm. how, what would help you mm-hmm. in that sense? If, if you're going at it with the approach of trying to suggest things at first, if you feel like that's what they need mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you can always still throw out suggestions. Be like, oh, I don't know. Or like, oh, like, I just want to do this. Be like, okay, that's great. Like, do you think we could add anything to that? Yeah. Like, having it come from their mouth, like, yes, I can do this, or I want to do this, or I think I can do this is very yeah. powerful. Or giving them, like, like uh, scenarios or options that they can kind of, like, you're yeah. still presenting it to them in a way, but you're giving them the autonomy and the power to be like, here's what I think sounds best to me. Right. Or, like, I can do with confidence right. this week or whatever. So that So that you're creating options that they can choose from and still feel like they're in charge kind of right it all comes down to like knowing your client like knowing knowing who you're working with and what's going to be better giving them like three things to kind of choose from giving them a lot of things to choose from or like having them direct you and like what they need so yeah yeah so i think and i think the last one so i kind of like the last one because um in all of these like the person has been for the most part medically most part medically stable but in this example uh the client is not so okay. are you ready for this i'm ready let's hear it so you're again an eating disorder dietitian uh mm-hmm. you feel like your client is in serious trouble um like they need treatment or an acute setting of care basically they are very medically unstable and not okay but they are not willing to move up in care and want to stay where they are but they continue to use risky behaviors what would you do so essentially yeah they are not they are not okay this person needs to be hospitalized this person needs to maybe be like bedridden and they are basically telling you i'm going to keep doing what i'm doing i'm going to keep using these behaviors that in some like a lot of ways might kill me Mm -hmm. and you're just what would you do would you yeah go ahead (laughs) (laughs) this is a very hard one this is where ethics i think come into play and everybody has something different on what they believe is ethical in this situation Okay. Ooh, I wonder if we're going to be different on this one. I don't know. I, I already kind of have my opinion, but I want to hear yours maybe. It might tailor mine, but okay. I'll tell you what mine was initially. Well, like my first initial reaction was if this was an adolescent, then it'd be a little bit easier because their parents Yes. Have... So let's like pretend this is an adult because <laughs> unfortunately adolescents don't have a say. If, if right, their parents their are parents on board, would, yeah. they're going to go. Yeah, because yeah. – okay. 
okay, well then, uh, I, also, I don't know what control we have. Like, right. can, you know, like that's where I guess my question is, is like, I don't know if I can like send them to, if they're like medically unstable. You right. look like you have an answer for that. Well, for that, yes. Okay. I have heard in the past that like sometimes you can be, a person can be court ordered to go to treatment. So that oh, if they okay, don't, okay. they're going to be in serious trouble. But yeah, let's yeah. say, like, that's in the works and you're still there. Or, like, maybe, like, you're not doing that. Maybe there's, like, something, like, basically, like, I want to know, like, like, yes, you can go do that and stuff, but, like, let's pretend, like, that's not really, maybe that's not an option or maybe that's happening but that's taking a little while. Like, what would you do as just, like, between you and the client? How would you go about that? And they had been, like, previously seeing me or something. Yeah, they've been seeing you for maybe, like, I don't know, a year or a couple months and okay. they were fine and they got worse and they relapsed or something like that. Okay. This is like, uh, I think, okay, so here's my gut reaction. My gut reaction is to be harsh, but this is like going in contrast to what mm-hmm. I felt earlier when we were talking about that other example with the, um, like, oh, I'll see you in six months person, right. Right? right? So my initial reaction would be just to like lay it out there and be like, look, you are, like, I'd say, like, you are medically unstable. You are, like, whatever their, I don't know what medically unstable is defined as here. Their vitals, their weight, right. their whatever. Stuff. Yeah. Functioning of their organs, whatever. Is here, here, and here. Um, and I don't know if I'd present that to them and be like, you need to go to this higher level of care so that we can get you back to stable. But see, I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking like if this person's medically unstable, like that doesn't matter, like that might not matter to them. They right. might not like think that's a big deal. I think at this point it probably wouldn't matter to and them. And so that's, they so like. get this far. Right. So like that, like my rational brain's being like, oh, I'll just like, you know, say they're medically unstable and then they'll get it. And then they'll like be like, oh yeah, I totally need to go. But like that's not going to happen. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I kind of like. I think, here's why I think this is hard. I think at that point, your client is medically unstable. You've been working for them with them for a while, and they presumably haven't made very many changes, positive changes, right. that have made them go in the right direction. So, like, to me, it seems like how do I now convince them that they need to go to an even higher level of care? Like, that right. seems difficult right I'd like to hear your opinion my opinion on this. yes please okay um so I think that it would be it would be very hard obviously to be the dietitian in this situation right I think like a lot of it is like the ethics thing again like ethically I don't feel comfortable telling someone like yeah we're gonna help you lose weight or I don't feel ethically like prescribing weight loss to somebody I don't think that that's okay mm-hmm. In the same way, I don't know if I could continue seeing a client that is that sick because they're, like, as long as I present to them, like, hey, this is what you're choosing to do. You are not listening to my recommendations. You are an adult. Like, maybe, like, you... Yeah, if that has been said already. Yeah, 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 like, be like, okay, like, this is happening to your body. Like, if you continue to do this and don't want to go get help, Mm -hmm. then, like you might die like just presenting that to them yeah and say like and if this is what you're choosing to do like I don't know if I can see you anymore yeah so that reminds me of when I interned at um an eating disorder private practice there was a patient there's a client who was basically in this situation I think and I don't know if she was like well she was probably as medically unstable as we're describing or we're thinking of here 
but the dietitian had been seeing her for five years, mm. 10 years, I don't know, some like large amount of years. And she was saying how like really no changes had been made. She was like, um, the client was like depressed, like really like, couldn't function really. And someone asked another intern asked like, well, do you think there's like, like, do you think you're like helping her by continuing to see her? And she was like, well, really, at this point, there's probably not anything I can do. Right. And that made me think. That's I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, well, then why are you seeing her? Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you as the dietitian don't think you can help, then, like, to me, that feels like, why am I, why am I doing this? And to me, that felt weird because I was like, I always think I can help. Like, I, that is what I got. That is what I came back to school to do is to, like, help people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is interesting, like, maybe saying – I don't think I can see you anymore. Right. Because that, yeah. that happens. There are situations where the practitioner, the therapist, the dietitian actually has to, like, fire their client in a way. Yeah. Because, like, that could be, like, maybe, like, there's been some type of, like, um, line being crossed or something. Or, yeah. You know, like, in some way. Or maybe, like, they're they're yeah. not progressing anymore in their work. The person could be fine. But, like, they've, we've kind of hit the mark on how you can help that person. Yeah. I think, like, in that situation, if that practitioner or that dietitian was still continuing to see that client, she wasn't medically unstable in the fact that she was going to just pass out right there and right. maybe, like, go into, like, cardiac shock or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like her life was just... Right. Like, maybe she is, like, stable in the sense of, like, she's just continuing to, like, use behaviors and mm-hmm. she hasn't hit, like, that super downward spiral or mm-hmm. she's doing just enough to get by. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably yeah. what it had to be because she was still walking around. I think there's a yeah. difference if someone is literally, like... About to About die. to die. Yeah. yeah. The more I think about the situation, the more it feels... Like, it feels even harder to me because now I'm thinking about, okay, either continue to work with this client who's non-compliant, not really making changes, doesn't want to go to a higher level of care that they need, and so I feel like I'm not doing my job or I feel like I'm not helping this person at all. Or I say sorry, I can't help you anymore, and I, but I know that they're not in a good place, and so then they're just like, I feel like I'm releasing them out into like, right. um, into where they're going to struggle, basically, right. and so it feels like either option is bad, right? Um, and I, yeah, it feels like either option is bad, right? and so there's probably, I mean, I guess you can't get forced unless you have a court order, like a right. doctor can't like force you to go, like a physician or something. I mean, when you're an adult, you're in control. Yeah. That's why it's so hard. I think that's why it's very hard for adults to actually go to treatment because, right. like... It's their choice. You can yell at them until you're blue in the face or, like, yeah. say the same thing, but, like, they still have to go. Like, right. adult, they have to adults themselves. are in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Adolescents, like, you literally can be forced to go because right. you are not an adult yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. This... Yeah. I think this is the hardest one, and I think this is the one... That's why I saved it for last. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um... I yeah. also I also just want to know, like, I mean, this is just a little thing. If anybody who is a dietitian um, or a therapist is listening or even a psychiatrist or a doctor, yeah. like, how you would handle this? Because like, I would, too. Yeah, like, I've, I've heard from, like, different people, but, like, how they have handled other things, but, like... Or any of the situations. Yeah, if they have any of these opinion. situations, for sure. Yeah. But especially this one, because, like, my initial reaction is, like, even if I have been working with that person for a year, mm-hmm. and, like, I would probably say, like, I don't think I can see you anymore. Like, let, like I would definitely be like, 
I have to consider if, the, like, maybe put it on me. Like, I have to consider if this is okay for me to keep seeing you. Mm-hmm. Because ethically, if something happens to you, I can be in, I, I am liable for you. If mm-hmm. I am letting you continue to walk around and keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing and not say anything or not try to do anything, like, technically, you're kind of responsible for that person. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get in a lot of trouble. You could get sued by their family or something like that. And, like, in some ways, like, you do have to protect yourself first before you can protect your clients. Yeah. And so, like, I, th- I think I would try to tell them that, like, hey, like, this isn't okay for me anymore to be treating you because this is going to, this can harm me. Yeah. And you would hope if you have been seeing that person long enough that they would be scared from that because, like, yeah. that's, like, it's not a sign of giving up. It's more of, like, I just, like, can't do this for you anymore. Right. And you would hope, like, if they really liked the relationship that you had, that they would be like, oh, no, 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 okay, like, tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Like, and even if it's, like, they, like, begin to improve slowly, like, maybe they're still not on board with treatment, but they begin to make some type of change. Yeah. Then that's still, like, progress. And, like, maybe you can, like, be like, okay, like, that's great. Like, yeah, like, let's keep going and maybe eventually get them to go to treatment Mm -hmm. if, like, because chances are, like, there's a good chance, like, they're not going to be able to do that on their own. But, but, you know, like, again, like, financially, whatever, like, people might Mm -hmm. not be able to afford to go to treatment. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think just putting it in that terms. Like, a lot of the times it's, like, we can't be, like, you, you, you. It's about I, I, I. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like this when you do this to me. Or, like, I might get in a lot of trouble if I keep letting you go. Like, I don't know if you can be under my care. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say to the person. Yeah. I feel like... I like, yeah, I like that response. I feel like there's got to be a better, like, an easier way to, like, get them to go to treatment. But I kind of, like, wonder. Yeah, like, so I kind of don't think there is either because Mm -hmm. you're right. Like, an adult is in charge of themselves. Yeah, you had 18. So unless you're sent by a court order, which is, like, a drastic Mm -hmm. measure to go to. Right. um, Yeah. Yeah. Well. This has been pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like we did – I feel like we agreed on some of it, like, because we were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, differences in how we might treat yeah. people with these situations. I feel like we agreed on a lot of it, and I feel like you shifted my opinion a little bit. Yeah, you shifted mine. a couple mine. of them. Um, but I think it is, like, really interesting just to, like, talk about these things mm-hmm. and talk about scenarios, and I think even for, like, listeners, like, just to be able to recognize, even if you're not, like, in the dietitian field or whatever, right. even to be able to recognize, like, your own how you tick, what what makes you tick, yeah, how you yeah. operate, and, like, how other people around you operate and recognizing, like, you know, how can you work best with people um, and allow them to work uh, – how can you work the way you want to work and allow people to work the way they want to work and coexist. And flourish. And flourish, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> took me a bit to get there, but I got there. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's all I think it's all very interesting with the whole like differences in personalities mm-hmm. thing. It's all relevant. Whatever field you're in, if you're not in a field yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So should we move on to our doggy bag segment before we our say our goodbyes? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Oh, and uh for the fans of Violet, she got her uh Better. She got her shots yesterday, <laughs> so she's all good to go now. She's all good. She's had her yearly shots. She's <laughs> vaccinated with her rabies shot and another Woo. one that I can't really remember what it's called, but that girl is good to go. She's good to go. She didn't get her nails clipped because she, she's really bad at that, and <laughs> she's never been able to get her nails clipped. So, yeah, she had a good vet visit. Good. So she is sponsoring this uh, this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Our so. dog, dog is sponsoring our segments. That's good. Yeah. You want to start us off? Um, yes. So <laughs> I'm going to shout out another podcast nice, that nice. I always talk about uh, to Rose. And 
hopefully people have heard of it that listen to this podcast also it's called the work play love podcast and it's amazing i think everybody should listen to it so basically um it's about the intersection of work play which is sports for them and love which is relationships and so it's done by lauren fleshman and jesse thomas shout out um and they're former professional runners and a professional triathlete couple and so they talk about like all sorts of things it's like viewer question based but uh one most recent episode episode i think it was 66 don't quote me on that um but a question viewer question listener question came up about like building a good relationship with food. So I was like, oh, cool. They're going to talk about, like, nutrition-type stuff. And, like, they've talked about before on the podcast how Lauren and Jesse had both, uh, you know, kind of struggled um, with, like, their relationship with food. And Lauren is, like, a big proponent of, like, body positivity, that sort of thing, especially um, now, especially for women. She talks a lot about that. Um, and so she mentioned health at every size. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And... I think the way that she said it was a pretty long answer because Lauren's like really passionate about, you know, like the whole topic around like, especially athletes eating appropriate, like eating enough and eating adequately and not feeling like they need to like restrict or things like that. Um, It was a really great answer. And she speaks just like so well and talks about things so in such like an eloquent way. And I think everybody should listen to it. I'll blanket statement that one. I think everybody (laughs) should listen to it. It was really good. That was cool. Yeah. I need to go listen to that episode myself. Yeah. So shout out to that podcast. Yeah. And those people in general. I just think they're fabulous. Yeah. She always tells me to go listen to like an episode or she told me like, oh my God, she mentioned Taze. So yeah, I, yeah, I need to check it out too. So let's all do that together and yeah. we can all report back to Linda. I'll report back how awesome it was. <laughs> <laughs> Second favorite podcast to this one. Okay, cool. I'm glad we're first. <laughs> yeah, we're first, obviously. Um, okay, that's my doggy bag segment. All right. Um, What's yours? So mine's kind of just like a statement, and I'm totally going to butcher his name, but uh, Kumal uh, Nanja- Nanjani, uh, he's been a comedian. He was in, I can't remember the name of the movie, but now he's in a, he's like just started a superhero movie. Okay. Um, so he basically had to get, quote unquote, ripped for this um theme and he's always just kind of had just like for the movie for the movie okay yeah he because he was playing a superhero movie they wanted him to just put on a lot of muscle mass and he like nothing obviously was wrong with his body before he just wasn't like that bodybuilder look yeah and so he had he for this role i guess they made him do this um and he made a statement which i think was pretty cool he said i'm glad i look like this but i also understand why i never did before it would have been impossible without these resources and time Mm -hmm. so basically he had like i think he had maybe like five personal trainers or five dietitians he never made a meal for himself he always had someone preparing it um so it's good to like know that maybe like be cognizant of that when you see like an actor or someone who might be like a professional athlete Mm -hmm. or like a bodybuilder or something like that like they do have a lot of resources behind them that are kind of helping them get there. Yeah. And then that also is, like, their job is requiring it, which is a whole other thing in itself if, I, if like, that's ethical or not. Mm-hmm. But, like, he had so many resources. Yeah. Like, and that kind of became his life, too. Like, that engulfed his life. So, again, it's, like, the compromise. Like, 
you know, knowing and acknowledging that you can't really do this on your own and knowing and acknowledging that your life is going to be a little bit different if you choose to do this. Right. So I think that's just something to be aware of for people that might be seeing people on Instagram or on TV or in movies like, oh, like I want a body like this. Like this is how it should be. Like there was a lot of work that went into it and he lost a lot in the sense of like being able to have like freedom and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, like you said, like that is his job. And yeah. so for people who are working 40, 60 hours a week, have a family, mm-hmm. have a job, like don't have five personal trainers, yeah. let alone don't want five, you know? Right. And so, um, yeah, it's really true. Like I think, I think perspective is important with all yeah. of that stuff. Perspective. I think that was the main thing. Um, yeah. With that. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, I think we're we're pretty much done here, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, where should they uh, message us if oh, they yeah. have any um, <laughs> information on those? What the, that one question that we were wondering about, or if they just want to say, "Hey, give us yeah. a shout out," or yeah. ask us a question. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you have any comments about the way like y'all would handle any of these situations, mm-hmm. or if you want to say like, kind of just like comment on what we said, uh, yeah, definitely. Feedback. Yeah, you can email me at uh, Hayek rose22 at gmail.com also my i have two instagrams right now i'll give you my uh, <laughs> yeah give us the new one i'll give you the new one yeah it's, or whatever one you want whatever uh, rose uh with the little underscore nose as in like i know things so k-n-o-w underscore food rose notes nose food um so yeah. cool what about yours linda uh my instagram my little foodie instagram is at time like the herb t-h-y-m-e dot two like t-o the word dot eat so time to eat yeah so reach out to us and uh please tune in next week we're gonna have some more good content some good topic yeah cool all right that was fun bye good job rose good job